they used to they used to talk about that marijuana was a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. They're like maybe marijuana is not like that bad, but that doing marijuana oftentimes will lead you. It's a gateway. It's a bridge to something else sure. that's worse for you. And so, like looking at loneliness as a gateway to all of these other things that they're they're tracing back anxiety, they're tracing back depression, they're ch- chasing back suicide, they're chasing back a lot of these other social anxiety disorders back to the idea of loneliness. Well, hey everybody, happy Thursday to you. Welcome back to the Community and Purpose podcast. I'm here with Callie, and we are grateful uh, just once again to be able to spend a little bit of time with you wherever you're at. If you're driving in the car, if you're drinking a cup of coffee by a warm fire, if you're out on your front porch, um, honestly, if you're on your front porch right now (laughs) and drinking coffee, looking out at something beautiful, I don't really want to hear about it. It's still snowy here and whatever, but um, now we're grateful that you would just take some time out of your schedule uh, to come and to listen to some of the things that we're talking about. And so uh, we just truly believe that the intersection of community and purpose is where the good life is truly found. And so um, in everything that we do, we feel like there is um, a portion of our purpose. There's a portion of community that leans into the life that each and every one of us lives. And so um, each of our topics are all over the place, um, talking about things in life and in work and um, in relationships. And yet we believe that all of those things are part of the greater equation of finding the intersection of community and purpose. And so Grateful that you are um, a part of this community. Um, Thanks to all of you who have subscribed and uh, rated and reviewed this podcast. It really, really helps us uh, be able to get the word out and for people to be able to see the things that uh, we're sharing. And so we are honored by that. And if uh, something that uh, we we share means something to you, we would be honored if you'd share it with your friends and let them know that there's something meaningful on here so that uh, this could be an opportunity to help and serve more leaders because I think that there is a desperate need for people to find that intersection of community and purpose. And if your, uh, if your quote could be a small part of that, uh, we would just love to be a part of that as well. So uh, today we are going to jump in and we have been finding, um, I, I've said this before, but uh, I'm a pastor. I also uh, run a leadership training nonprofit. Uh, Kelly and I both lead that together. And uh, one of the things that we've been finding as I have coached leaders, as I have spent time with leaders, as I've spent time with families and people in counseling scenarios, in prayer scenarios, um, in preaching scenarios, whatever the the context is, uh, one of the things that I'm finding is that people are um, oftentimes putting on a happy face Mm -hmm. over the top of the things that are going on in life. Mm -hmm. And, And that might not sound very profound or shocking to anybody. Um, But I think that it's important to actually just call it out and say that the people that we're interacting with, whether they're saying things are great and everything's awesome and I'm just doing wonderful, business is great, relationships are great, everything's fabulous, Hmm. that oftentimes behind those smiles and words that they're not okay, that there's just pieces of their life that are are really not okay. Mm-hmm. And so just wanted to spend some time calling that out and talking through a couple of things um, as that pertains to that. Yeah. It reminds me when our daughter was really little, her and I would go grocery shopping a lot together. And one day we were in, a, in the grocery store and I'm fairly introverted. And so our kids are mostly naturally extroverted. Yeah. And I remember her walking up to every person that she saw and like telling somebody like nice about themselves, you know? So like, and this one older lady, you know, like 
in her 80s probably, Scarlett saw her and commented how beautiful her hair was. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love your hair. It's so beautiful. And the lady turned to me with tears in her eyes Mm -hmm. and said, you have no idea how much that made my day. Wow. And so like that just reiterates for me, like exactly what you're saying. Like she probably was walking through something really hard or was having a hard day, a hard moment. And that is like Scarlett was able to just see her for who she is. And she needed, she needed that encouragement, you know? Yeah. There's so many times where we are just trying to put our best selves out there mm-hmm. and to try and show that everything is good to go. And yeah. um, who knows what she was walking through and what she was doing. And uh, I mean, nobody's surprised by that, that you, the words of kids um, yeah. always seems to speak into the heart of God, into the heart of, mm-hmm. of what really, really matters. Um, but yeah, we've been, uh, as a response to all the conversations that we have been having with people, um, we actually started doing something in a, in our church, in a series called I'm Not Okay. And so that's the name of the series. It's a five-week series um, that we started after the first of the year and uh, just started with the premise of I'm not okay, I'm blank. Hmm. And uh, so we've been we've been involved in that. And so the first week of the series, we handed out cards and they said, I'm not okay, I'm blank on them. And we gave everybody a pen and had people just write down, what, what do you fill the blank in with? And so like even for you now listening to this, if you think about your world and you think about your life, like if you think about, hey, I'm not okay, I'm, well, how do you fill in the blank for you? Hmm. And so um, I, it's been pretty, it's been pretty profound to hear what people have said hmm. and what people have written down. Um, it's interesting to think through the number of people that, that wrote down things that maybe they haven't ever written down before. Hmm. Um, and then we just kind of walk in and we say, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Yeah. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm excellent. I mean, yeah, I just I just got done screaming at my family all the way to church or, you know, like, oh, how's business? Uh, we're actually looking at bankruptcy and we got supply chain issues and we can't get anybody to work for a company. But, man, are we doing great? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just uh, it was interesting to read through the cards and to hear from people just really saying I'm anxious. I'm overwhelmed. I'm mm-hmm. worried. I'm worried I'm losing my spouse. I'm worried my, my kids hate me. I'm worried financially. Um, I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. I drink myself to sleep every night. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, really raw um, things for people to say. And so uh, I think to just be able to communicate that is, is really, really important. I think that's a really timely topic to be talking about after especially coming out of however many, almost like two years, right, of pandemic life where people have naturally like been forced to spend more time together in close spaces and out of their natural rhythms of life, you know, having to work from home and then also have your kids home with you all the time and um, just out of the natural flow that you find yourself in and the lack of control that people now have like over their life. Yeah, it's that, it's that's that understanding, that idea that there is, a lack of control. And it's always been there. It's just that now that we all have to face it and deal with it. So this last week, you preached a message all about loneliness. And there were some interesting statistics that you shared in your message that I think would be like super beneficial for people to hear. Yeah, we um, we did this series, geez, it's probably been four years. It wasn't named the same thing, um, but it was it was in the same vein as this one and just had people write down things that they're, that they're struggling with. And loneliness, we talked about loneliness this last week, and that didn't even hit the top 10 when we did it like three or four years ago. Hmm. 
and it was the third highest response we got um, from people is that they are that they're lonely hmm. that people are feeling isolated and alone and lonely and it's just interesting to think about how in three or four years time hmm. that that culture can shift so drastically um, and obviously like there are crazy circumstances that have been happening and like walking through a pandemic and walking through a, you know, a deadly virus and like those kinds of things is it changes a lot of stuff. Yeah. But also understanding that we are, we are not living in a world that understands that we are incredibly lonely, Hmm. that we are living in a, in a world that says we are incredibly connected and it's lying to us and saying that we are cared for. Hmm. But there's a difference between being connected to each other yeah. and actually being known yeah. and actually belonging. Having a million social media follow- followers, yeah. but like people who don't actually know what you're walking through. Right. Yeah. And so we we are the most connected we've ever been. Hmm. Statistically, we're the most connected. And then also scientists and stats are showing us that we're also the loneliest society that's ever existed. And so we have... We've drifted into a different place in a different area. And it's not just loneliness. Like whatever you're thinking about as you think through, well, I'm not okay, I'm blank, um, know that you're not alone in that. Hmm. There was there was nothing that was written down on a card that was only written one time. Hmm. Um, that there was somebody else um, that had written that down as well. And so there's other people that are feeling it. And also understanding that if we're the loneliest society, like – that means that you're not alone in that as well. And so to fight back that lie that says that everybody else has enough friends and everybody else has enough actual connections and actually belongs and actually is known, that that's just simply not the case. And so that there is space for an increase in community, for an increase in connection, mm-hmm. for an increase in the ability to uh, to be actually truly be known. Yeah, there's never been a more powerful time to like be connected and be in a community with people because that's what people absolutely need. Yeah. That's what people are like dying for. They're wanting to have that actual connection with someone who knows what they're walking through and who they can call in the middle of the night when something terrible happens, you know? And so many people are lacking that. Yeah. One of the things about this last week is that um, loneliness is one of the things that points to a lot of the other I'm not okay areas. And so finding that like loneliness is actually more of a gateway drug, more of a gateway experience or gateway feeling. Hmm. You know, I can remember when I was in high school, I can remember we had the D.A.R.E. program, Drug Abuse Resistance Education. <laughs> I don't know why I can remember that. But and they used to they used to talk about that marijuana was a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. They're like maybe marijuana is not like that bad, but that doing marijuana oftentimes will lead you it's a gateway it's a bridge to something else that's worse for you and so like looking at loneliness as a gateway to all of these other things that they're they're tracing back anxiety they're tracing back depression they're chasing back suicide they're chasing back a lot of these other social anxiety disorders back to the idea of loneliness And so, like, understanding that the tip of the sword of the, the real pandemic that is happening in the, mental, in the mental space is starting in this area of loneliness mm-hmm. and trying to understand that it, if you are experiencing loneliness, that there are two different kinds. And I thought that this was a really significant idea and shift for me, even as I was researching and looking through it, is that loneliness happens to people who are all alone. Mm-hmm. And it also happens, happens to people that are surrounded by others. Mm-hmm. That loneliness and being alone are not the same thing. That you can actually be alone and not be lonely. Mm -hmm. And you can actually be surrounded by people and be lonely. Yeah. 
Like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't compute naturally. No. Like it doesn't everybody naturally connects being with people to being connected. Yeah. And they're very, very different things. And I think if you are lonely and you're surrounded by people, you can almost trick yourself into feeling like I'm I'm like filling that void by being around lots of people, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm going to go and hang out in this large group of people and like get that need filled. But like you walk away feeling the same. Yeah. And you actually just can't understand. It's very frustrating and confusing Mm -hmm. to experience social isolation to say, how is it possible that I feel lonely when I am, Mm -hmm. when I go to work and there's a hundred people there, when I go to church and there's a hundred people there, you know, I mean, there are people that have been married for 20 years and feel lonely, Mm -hmm. that live in a marriage, that have kids at home, that are literally always surrounded by people that are feeling lonely. And so I think that this idea of I'm not okay is something to call out. And also just to say that I think that the the Christian community, that the general like church community has not done a great job at saying it's okay to not be okay. And then also to follow that up and say, but we also worship a God who doesn't want us to stay there. Hmm. I mean, when you look at the life of Jesus, you see all of these places where Jesus experiences every temptation. I mean, Hebrews 4 talks about that we do not worship a God who is separated, who is unaware of the things that we have experienced and the things that we're dealing with, that we worship a God who has experienced every temptation that we've experienced and has prevailed over it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the good news in that is that we worship a God that's not confused, who's not distant, who doesn't, who isn't, like, totally in the dark about how we feel. Right. And so like to be able to understand that and to know that like you're not strange and you're not weird and that it can happen in so many different ways. Um, but the church just has done a bad job at saying it's okay to not be okay and to not let it be cliche and not to let it be just a shout out. Like yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't think that anybody's looking for a like, yep, I'm, I'm lonely. Like, oh, you got this. <laughs> Like, oh, you know what? Like, Jesus is enough. You've got this. Like, that's not, we're not looking for a shout out. We're not looking for a, you can do this, You like, attaboy. Um, We're looking for people who can, who can sympathize. Yeah. I think that, um, and I think that having a series like this, having a place where you can say, I'm not okay. I'm lonely. I'm not okay. I'm anxious. I'm not okay. I'm angry. I'm not okay. I'm superficial. I'm not okay. I'm addicted. I'm not okay. I'm fill in the blank with whatever. To understand that it's okay to not be okay, but we worship a God who doesn't want us to stay there. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that to you as well, mm-hmm. wherever you are at, that um, he understands that there are things in this world that make us feel not okay. And I guess um, if you're comfortable, what is the word that you wrote down? Um, I'm not okay. I'm blank. What's the what's the Cali Walker word mm-hmm. of the I'm not okay series? I wrote down tired or like exhausted. I think that it's just been, yeah, a long few months almost maybe. Christmas season is always just really draining and then just coming out of that just has felt really busy and like I haven't really given myself enough time or space to like almost process the things that like we're walking through and like the things that, um, yeah, like just everyday life and like how to give myself enough space to move forward in a healthy way, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tired that Mm. came out in the, in the survey that people filled out. There's a lot of people that are feeling tired. The word that I wrote down was I'm overwhelmed. I'm not okay. I'm overwhelmed. Mm. Um, I think that's probably a little bit similar, um, in the idea of being tired. 
I think that being tired is always a it's always a catalyst to being overwhelmed. When you're tired, you're not producing um, at the level that you're used to. You're not like things don't come as naturally. What used to come really, really naturally doesn't come naturally anymore. Mm-hmm. And so like being tired really leads to overwhelm. We're starting a new year. And so we are pushing towards um, our nonprofit has an event coming up in July. And so like it's kind of into that final final stage of pushing towards kind of what that looks like. And, mm-hmm. um, the church has a lot of, you know, changes, transitions and changes and people and things as it always yeah. does. And so there's just a lot of moving parts and our kids are teenagers. Um, and it's just a lot. I mean, it's raising, an emotionally exhausting experience yeah, on the daily. Yeah. Raising teenagers is like another full-time job mm-hmm. and it is, it is just really, really overwhelming. And yeah. so, I think that as we have have talked through this series and our hope with, like, what does it, okay, like, there's one thing to say, I'm not okay, I'm blank, like, Hmm. fill it in with whatever. There's also, like, so many times where it's just like, that can't be enough. And Hmm. so, like, just being able to say things like, I'm not okay, I'm blank, but then what do we do with that? Hmm. So the challenge for, like, being lonely is... Like you, you may have to put yourself out there and you have to go past the surface and you also just can't stay in that place. Yeah. And like, it's not a cliche and it's not like a, you can do this. It's not a shout out again, yeah. but it is, it comes from the story of Jesus that he, he put himself out there and he invited. Um, yeah. And he wasn't afraid to, he wasn't afraid to get hurt. Like he got hurt more than one time. Like he was tempted more than one time. Yeah. I think it's almost like take your next best step. Like what's your next best step. So like, I feel tired. My natural inclination is like when I have a few minutes during the day or, you know, after I'm done working for the day is to just like sit and like relax. But often that leads me to feeling more like overwhelmed or more tired because then I'm not doing the things that I should be doing, you know? So lately I've been setting a timer on my phone for 15 minutes and just taking those 15 minutes and like picking an area of our house to like clean up you know? And so that has helped me because then I actually, at the end of the day, can sit down and feel like I can like actually rest instead of like, I'm just trying to ignore the things that are hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It's a, it's a big, big shift, a big difference between like actually resting and just stopping. Yeah. You know, like just, just not doing something isn't necessarily always resting. Yeah. Or just numbing, numbing yourself from like the things that feel hard or overwhelming or exhausting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I I do think that like when we talk about the purpose of, of who we are and like of our life, like this intersection of community and purpose, like, um, I'm not, I'm not somebody who believes that like, just like being connected and having community is all that is required to, to be be whole and to, I mean, if you're dealing with anxiety, like, and it's something that you're dealing with on the regular, like believe mm-hmm. in medication. Yeah. Like believe that there is a time and a space to go and get medical help, but also understanding that I think that it is coupled with putting yourself out there. Mm. It has to be coupled with, um, eating healthy, coupled with, you know, coupled with all, a lot of different yeah. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm just picking on anxiety, but I think that there is, it requires attention to, to get out of the, of the thing that we're not okay with. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to, to be in that place and to say, I'm not okay. And I'm not going to stay here, um, to be an active participant in, in trying to do what you can going to see a Christian counselor to getting, getting up and going out there and putting yourself out there. Because, um, even as we talked about loneliness and like what it looks like to get out of loneliness, you had mentioned just in like a conversation that we had, 
that it's so easy to get burned and then just to like write that whole thing off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real easy to feel like you've been hurt and then to just say, well, I tried it and didn't work for me and I'm just going to you know, live with me and my spouse and my kids. And that's, that's it, you know? Yeah. One and done. Yeah. And to live in that space instead of actually saying, you know what, like it's probably worth it to try again. Not everyone will hurt you or burn you, you know, but it's really hard to take that step into vulnerability and then to keep taking steps. Like once you've entered into a new friendship or a new relationship to just, instead of putting walls up every time something feels a little, like the past, maybe it's, you know, to keep taking steps into vulnerability. Yeah. And even one step further than that is to not hold the new people or the other relationships in your life accountable for the actions of other people, hmm. like the other people that have hurt you or uh, whatever that feeling is, that feeling of like, oh, I put myself out there and it didn't pan out. Yeah. Like, so I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like holding, you're holding everybody else accountable for the actions of one person. Hmm. Um, and it's just, uh, it never leads to it never leads to a full life. Yeah. And I, I just think that um, as we as we just have engaged in this idea of I'm not okay, I'm blank. Like mm-hmm. first off, just saying like it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And like let's just own it. Let's say it. Yeah. And let's then do something. Let's have an active engagement in doing that. Like mm-hmm. let's actually engage in the problem and see what we can do to move forward and, and to see how how we can work ourselves out of it yeah. and continue to navigate life. I think this is a really important topic even to talk through with your kids too. Like even Mm. in the past few weeks, um, our boys are teenagers and have expressed to me like similar feelings. Like I'm, I feel lonely or I feel sad or, um, and so just walking them through, like, it's like everyone has moments where they feel the way that you're feeling. And so like, what, what can we do from here? Where, where can we go from here to not sit in this place and to like, have that be a natural thing that you talk about with your kids? Because I think if you pretend like, Oh, it's, you're just in middle school, it's just like, but no, that's really how they feel. And that's really where they're at and helping them walk through that. Like what healthy version of adults will they be if they know that this is how you deal with these feelings? Yeah, because I mean, the way that they're feeling is their reality, right? And whether it's not, it's a really like a monumental explosion. It still is the reality of how they feel. Yeah. And I would just say that brushing it under the rug and not honoring it and not saying this is truly how you feel is it's not. There's no chance of that helping. Hmm. And so, I mean, the suicide rate isn't where it is because people are dealing with their problems and dealing with their feelings and feeling validated and sharing Hmm. so often. And so many statistics are pointing to the fact that people are feeling things and don't feel safe enough to share it with somebody else. Hmm. And like in that moment, then you're dealing, then it goes from having a feeling and a problem into a disorder and a lifelong battle. Yeah. And I think that, um, just being aware of that, that there's a, there's a lot in there. You're better at that than I am of like validating the way that the the kids are feeling. I'm kind of a, I find myself naturally drifting to like fix it Mm. and to how to like deal with it or combat it Mm. more than just listening. Um, I think that's probably why kids get moms and dads. Well, it's hard for me too. I think as a mom, I want, I want to fix everything for them. I want it to, you know, feel happy and good and whatever. So I've had to just let myself listen and ask when I can give advice, but it's definitely not easy for sure. Yeah. I think that's a good, um, that's a good place to kind of end and wrap things up is just to know that it covers all generations, Hmm. covers all 
um, diver- all diversity, yep. um, all levels of affluency, like it covers humanity. Right. And that it's okay to be in a place where things are hard and that you're struggling um, and to call it out. And also just to understand that a significant piece of living a full life is, we believe, is to continue to pursue community and purpose. Hmm. And that when you have a purpose that is greater than your day-to-day life, um, when you're in community that is greater than just a hello, how's the weather, how's football, did you see that latest episode of XYZ show? Yeah. Like when it goes deeper than that and when Mm -hmm. that requires you to put yourself out there, that there is an abundant life and there is a resiliency, that there is a grit that comes along with pursuing community and purpose. And so it, it really does point back for me as we've just been walking through this series and talking through it, that there's just been um, a lot of opportunity to be able to talk through um, and and process through just really the, the value of uh, being intentional about the way that you are living, the things that you're focusing on mm-hmm. and uh, the people that you're surrounding yourself with and the depth that you're willing to go to. And so I want to challenge you guys to um, find a way to engage, to um, go deeper in your relationships, mm-hmm. to go deeper in your purpose, to seek things out and to be intentional about those things because truly believe that that's where the good life can be found. Um, and also it'll be in the show notes. Um, but if there's something that you need, if you are not okay and you need help in some way, we'd love to get you resources and, um, opportunities, um, that could help you. And so there are resources out there. And so if there's anything that we can do, um, in any area, feel free to, you can email us the email addresses in the show notes and there'll be some resources in there as well. But, um, just know that it's okay to not be okay, but we worship a God who doesn't want us to stay there. And, uh, He's called us to surround ourselves with um, a great community to belong to and a purpose to be driven towards. So, um, yeah, grateful that you guys would spend some time with us today and I hope that you found this valuable. Know that we love you and we are grateful that you're a part of our our community and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Bye, friends.